Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's it going? How you doing? Fine, Barry. Cool, cool. Hey, is there, is there any, like, news you have for us or anything? Maybe I always rumors? have news. I always have news. What that is, is it? That is right. Tell me. I am doing a whole bunch of live shows coming up, stand-up shows. Whoa. If you want to see me, the, the lovely and precocious Matt Bellisai, you can come out. I'm going to be in Tacoma, Washington, August 15th, 16th, and 17th. That's the most immediate. Provincetown, Massachusetts, Gayville, USA. Friday, August 23rd. I'll be in Boston, August 24th at the Wilbur. And then Arlington, Virginia, August 30th, 31st, and September 1st. So you have no excuse if you live in those places. <laughs> Everywhere else, sorry. I'll be I'll be in you soon. But for now, you can come and check me out in those places. Tacoma, Provincetown, Boston, Virginia. Trying out some new material, working on some new stuff. If you want to see me struggle through those. Come on out. It's going to be a great time. I can say I've been I've been to a, li- a multiple live Matt Bellasite comedy shows, and it's uh, worth every ticket. Yeah, it better be. I've never had to pay for one. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. But enough about touring. Let's get back to the podcast. We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, the most upsetting news of the week. After that, we are diving deep into awkward social interactions. And by awkward social interactions, I mean every interaction I have once I step outside my apartment. (laughs) And finally, 
We've got Jacqueline Novak in the studio. Jacqueline is a stand-up comedian and writer. You've seen her on late-night shows like Jimmy Fallon, James Corden, and now she has her own off-Broadway show, Get On Your Knees. It's also, we didn't talk about this, it's directed by John Early. Yeah. <laughs> it's presented by Natasha Leon. Don't know what that means, but it's awesome. Neither do I. I guess that means she may Investor? be like... Maybe. I don't know. And executive we'll never produced know. by Mike Berbiglia. So a lot of our faves. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of past guest complainers. A lot of maybe future guest complainers. We'll see. Probably not. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's break out our fans and start the show. In case it's not clear, that was a fan and not Matt farting. <laughs> All right, horse things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week first. A 32-year-old porn star from Idaho pleaded guilty. I always feel like pleaded sounds weird. but Like it's not... pleaded pants. I mean, yes, also that. She pleaded pants guilty. Yeah. To hiring a hitman to kill the father of her children. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Honestly, I like listen. I've seen enough Jennifer Lopez movies to to be on her side. <laughs> okay? She could have she had two options. She could have trained it so that she could kill him herself or she could hire a hitman and she did the latter. Unfortunately for her, the hitman was an undercover cop. Oh no. <laughs> uh so the woman she performs under the name Lynn Pleasant, which is honestly like a delightful name for a porn star. Yeah, I mean, I would I would watch that. Sure. I mean, I feel like it's very, like, idyllic. Yeah. Like, she's getting, like, gently railed. Yeah. In, on, like, a, in a pasture. It's calming. It's therapeutic. It's meditative. Right. Lynn Pleasant. Lynn is my mom's middle name. <laughs> wow. Is this your mom? <laughs> yeah. Um, she attempted to hire a hitman who turned out to be an undercover police officer, according to the plea agreement, because uh, she has pleaded guilty. Prosecutors say she agreed to pay $5,000 in exchange for the murder. I am like, I guess I've never like priced a murder before, no. but it feels cheap. It does. It does. <laughs> and I don't know if she should have been concerned like that this was such a discount murder or if like she just thought that was the going rate. I assume murder would be much more expensive. Yeah. I mean, in this market? <laughs> sure. Like, have you in this Dow Jones? I mean, we're on the cusp of a of a recession. Yeah. So I don't know what the Dow Jones is. Um, me neither. Cool. I think if she is she played she's an actress, Dow Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she I've was, seen her in a few things. She was in like, uh, what's that show about the angels? <laughs> Touched by an angel. Ah. Della Reese is the person I'm thinking of. She sounds like her name is Dow Jones. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, $5,000 she thought she was paying. She sent a down payment of $2,500 um, with a thank you card from Idaho to Montana as a down payment. And then when eventually she got arrested at the Spokane International Airport. What, what? Oh, my God. That, you're going to be touring there. <laughs> I was just in Spokane. Oh, I'm sorry. I confused um, Washington State. Yeah, Tacoma is on the other side of Washington Ooh. State. I, you would know that if you were as well-traveled as, as I am. <laughs> um, but she was arrested on five counts of using interstate commerce in the commission of murder for hire. And I'm like, okay, is it 
Is it only because she went across state lines? Is that the part that is... Or is that what makes it a federal crime? That's probably what makes it a federal crime. I like to think of this hour also as a great time for handing out legal advice <laughs> to everyone. I'm just saying, if you're going to hire a hitman, don't send payments across state lines. I think that's a great idea. Or use a credit card because those are, fees are processed at a federal level and that could be a, a, a felony. So smart. You want to keep it at misdemeanor level or below. Right. Also, you want to not hire an undercover cop because <laughs> you will get arrested. Also, I guess she had specific requirements that the hitman was to accomplish, such as um, his body had to be found, and uh, she did not care if others who lived in the home were harmed, as long as her own child was not harmed. See, just a very practical woman. You can do whatever you want with him and his body, as long as someone finds it, uh, and my child is not hurt. Good for her. Good for her. Next! This is maybe one of my fave stories. Passengers on a Spirit Airlines flight from North Carolina to New Jersey. Already hell. Panicked Wednesday morning when a bat randomly started flying around <laughs> what? the what? aircraft. What? How? <laughs> and they don't know where it came from. What? 30 minutes into this flight, a bat manifested itself. Dracula, motherfucking vampire that? in that shit. cabin. Yeah. Someone gets up to go to the bathroom and then they open it up and it's just smoke in the bat. <laughs> Here's a question, Dracula. Why would you take the flight when you can fucking fly? Yeah. Why don't you look on what's on your fucking hairy back? Yeah. Two wings. Anyway, the Very bat thoughtful. appeared 30 minutes into the roughly 90 minute flight. Yeah. North Carolina to New Jersey on Spirit Airlines. Can't imagine a worse hell. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Introducing the bat. Passengers started screaming and yelling. Uh, This guy who is live tweeting it says things very quickly devolved into chaos. Where it came from? No idea. Eventually, someone trapped it between a book and a cup and then locked it in one of the restrooms for the remainder of the trip. (laughs) (laughs) One of the restrooms, that's presuming a lot about Spirit Airlines. All right. The entire cabin is a bathroom. I I took Spirit Airlines once. That's a mistake you make once. Yep. All right. If you don't know, Spirit Airlines is basically just Dunkin' Donuts in the sky. It's not... Honestly, that's insulting to Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Spirit Airlines is like, our flights are only $20, but like, we basically just slingshot the plane across the sky also, there's it's no only, actual engine it's twenty dollars but then it's also like you pay for your luggage you pay for your seat belt right you pay to be able to sit yeah it's a lot the it, flight it attendant will will punch you directly in your vagina unless you give her twenty dollars in cash yeah singles that's not true. I don't know if um for libel reasons uh, spirit alliance please don't sue us <laughs> um slander is spoken I'm just saying. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. Once again, this is our legal advice hour. Uh, The guy that I guess he was like a reporter who happened to be on the flight. His name is Scatini. Wow. Uh, Story of a lifetime. Sounds like someone who would own a bat. Scatini. Uh oh. And he's a journalist. Is a bat. Did he plant it for the story? I don't know. Uh, the guy estimated that the whole ordeal lasts about five minutes uh, and the crew was very quick to calm people down. Yeah, but you have so much else to worry about. <laughs> a bat is like number five on your list of things you should be scared about on a Spirit Airlines flight, if we're being honest. After determining there was no need to stop the plane, they continued the flight to Newark. 
where just like a whole cave of bats met them when they landed. <laughs> that's where they, they all had their that's little where signs. They <laughs> Welcome home, Bobby. Spirit Airlines confirmed to Huffington Post that a stowaway bat was present on the flight and that it was removed once on the ground by animal control officers. The aircraft was disinfected and searched as a precaution. It is believed the bat started its journey in Charlotte, flying into an overhead bin while our crews were doing overnight maintenance. There you go. Fascinating. My favorite, though, is that the guy who was tweeting about it, he said that after his tweet went viral, Spirit reached out to him and offered him a $50 flight voucher. Which is like 10 flights. So, <laughs> But he was like, okay, there's a live bat on our flight. Maybe I should have more than $50. And um, they ended up just reimbursing him the actual flight. So there you go. And finally, this was a big story this week. I don't know if you uh, read the Ask Polly column about the woman and her mother-in-law. No, can't say I have. I'll summarize it quickly. Basically, this woman wrote in and was like, help, I think my mother-in-law is trying to poison me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she was like, uh, I have a deathly allergy to mushrooms. As in, like, I carry an EpiPen with me. I've gone into shock. Like, I've been in the back of an ambulance and, like, started seizing. Like, it's bad. Yeah. My husband knows it's bad. Um, but... Every time we go to my in-laws, my mother-in-law insists on serving mushrooms. (laughs) And, like, not just, like, oh, here's mushrooms, but, like, everything has mushrooms in it. They'll make it extra, like, mashed potatoes with a mushroom powder. What? They, like, went out of their way to add mushrooms. Oh, my God. And... Shiro? (laughs) Which one? (laughs) (laughs) Mother-in-law. Uh, And she's like, my husband knows about this, uh, has tried asking, and they just refuse. And she was like, my husband said they didn't even like mushrooms that much before, like, I told them we don't, I I can't eat mushrooms. And she's pregnant. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) So she was like, what do I do? Like, how do I tell this? And, And how do I, like, resolve this? Because uh, it's caused, like, a big riff in their family. And, like, I feel guilty that my husband, like, now doesn't speak to his family. And, and yeah, the the Polly person was like... Polly. <laughs> she was like, first of all, you should not feel guilty. They're literally trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is insane. Like, yeah. You should not be putting yourself in danger to make a family who's clearly crazy. Like, yeah, her advice was actually like, I don't say this enough in my column, but like sometimes people are just fucked up and like there's no getting to them. Like you can go to your doctor and have them write a note that says like, here's what happens to you. Actually, it's not made Frame it in the kitchen (laughs) for them. Merry Christmas. There was someone else replied and said there was a similar uh, like ask column not that long before where a woman was like i'm pretty sure my mother-in-law is actually poisoning me like putting some type of because every time i eat at my in-laws i get like horrible diarrhea and nobody else gets sick uh and the person's advice was switch it with your husband's and like try to like get him in on it so you're not just surprising him uh, and then she did. And it turns out, yeah, the husband got sick. 
the woman, she ended up getting divorced because, like, the guy was like, he knew about it. Wow. Because he was, like, super upset that she switched it. <laughs> and she was like, you're fucking insane. She can't take a prank. <laughs> It's prank, a, it's a just... classic prank. Well, like, Ashton Kutcher's gonna come out and say punked, you know, like classic prank. Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine. I mean, like, yeah, we we definitely have like feuds in the family, but we're never like it's never like biological warfare <laughs> against each other. We just talk about all of our medical issues. We don't like, try to inflict one another with them. Right. Like, I'm mad at my in-laws. I'm gonna give them a blanket full of smallpox. Classic. Once again, have fun. Iconic. Have fun dealing with that. Anyway, so the lesson on the internet this week is if you feel like your mother-in-law is poisoning you, she probably is, and you should get the fuck out. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are attempting to shake hands with that one cousin we're forced to hang out with every Thanksgiving when both of our hands are very obviously full, so then we, we just try to elbow or nod or, God forbid, fist bump them. Ugh. That's right, we are diving deep into awkward social interactions. All right. Awkward social interactions. Let's talk about them. I actually don't have, I didn't have a whole lot about cousins in here. And I forgot how awkward it is when I'm saying goodbye to my cousins. Every time. (laughs) Because like, yeah, we never like hugged goodbye when we were growing up. It was just like, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to run upstairs. Your parents are leaving. And now it's old. It's like all of the adults hug, but it's like we're adults. But are we? So it's always weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's weird to shake hands with family members. Yeah, you're supposed to hug. Yeah. The handshake is too formal. But then once you get into the hug, are you going for the cheek? Are you doing a kiss on the cheek? It's uncharted territory. I feel like, yeah, my my preferred mode is the like double air kiss, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever done. But it is my <laughs> preference. <laughs> so please respect it. Um. I actually had the idea for this week's deep dive separately from the following incident. (laughs) But this happened the other day. I I might have said this on the pod before, but the first uh, party I ever went to in college. Oh, look at you. You went to parties. (laughs) Yes, sophomore year. Oh, no. I think it probably was the first, like, actual, like, house party that I went to. Mm -hmm. It was just, like, someone's apartment. Mm -hmm. It was a student government party. (laughs) Oh, So I got invited because uh, it was like all of us. It was already not cool. Um, but it was one of those times where they were like, the party starts at like 8, but actually everybody shows up at 10. And I got there at 7.55. <laughs> not a joke. I literally showed up and the guy was like, what are you doing here? Because like, yeah, they were. it was like he and his roommates were like still getting ready and like doing like eating dinner. And I was like, all right, I'm here, <laughs> ready to party. Uh, so fast forward to today, and there's this guy who I've seen in the hallway of my apartment building a bunch of times. Yeah, you've talked about him. Yeah, and we've made, like, super brief eye contact, and uh, every time I'm like, wait, that's definitely Samir, <laughs> whose apartment I have been in, uh, and whose party I showed up to right on time. Uh, why is he in my building on my floor coming out of the apartment next to mine? <laughs> And then the other day, I got into the fucking elevator. I managed to avoid him this entire time. And I got into the elevator and there he fucking was. And we had no choice but to acknowledge one another. And it was the worst 30 seconds of my life this week. (laughs) 
But it was just like, oh, yeah. He was like, are you Matt from Northwestern? And I was like, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way he hasn't Googled. Yeah. I, I think I wasn't prepared enough to like act surprised. Uh-huh. It was very obvious that like I'd seen him and purposefully ignored him <laughs> a number of times. No air kisses for him. But like also he like he was like, I've seen you around and I always wonder. I was like, I know, I have a totally new body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, coincidentally, our deep dive this week is about social interactions. Yeah, it's just all of those terrible, uncomfortable moments that make you cringe while they're happening. And also every night that you go to bed for years and years after that. So let's get into it. Here are the worst, most socially awkward moments. Continuing on the theme, there has never been a non-awkward elevator ride in history. Nope. In the history of elevator rides, never, never. The first elevators were built around 236 BC. Okay, I looked at the fuck up. No way. And I bet it was awkward as fuck then too. They'd be riding up with with some while well, some elephant pulls a hemp rope. <laughs> And some guy would be like, oh, have, have you heard about the war in Sardinia? And then the other guy would be like, can we just shut the fuck up for like one second and, and ride this elevator in peace? Abacus or whatever your name is. All of that's true. All of that happened. 236 B- before Christ. Before Christ existed. That's what I thought it stood for. And after dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I, I got into an elevator with my old boss once and it was right after lunchtime. And I tried to like make small talk with him and he was like, sorry, I couldn't look at Twitter during lunch. I need to catch up. And like, he couldn't be bothered to make small talk with me for 20 seconds of the elevator. He had to be like, and though <laughs> I'm reading Twitter right now. Real thing that happened. Every interaction I had with Rude. that man was incredibly awkward. I have more. <laughs> <laughs> we took the same train every morning. We had, we lived near the same subway stop. So occasionally we would end up seeing one another in the morning. There was one time where I like, fuck, I ran into him and I was like, I, we have to talk now. Uh, and we talked for like 60 seconds. And then I was like, all right. I'm going to go stand over there now. (laughs) And he was so weird about it. He was like, oh, okay. I was like, no, I'm sparing both of us (laughs) the next fucking hour because that's how far away I lived. I don't want to fucking talk to you for the next hour at eight in the morning. No. Absolutely not, sir. In general, I think getting on the subway with someone you kind of know is the worst. I don't. That's why I hate taking the subway now because you're trapped. You certainly are. Like the number of times I have done this before where I'm like, here's oh, here's my stop and I have to get off and wait until the next train. Why don't you just go on to another car? I have to be too fast. <laughs> I have to run out and then they'll see me running down to the next one. <laughs> That'd be even worse. What if they saw me? What if they didn't see me running? But like later when they got off, they saw Maybe me. Maybe you just forgot. You you were like, oh, you know what? This wasn't my stop. I'm so sorry, but I had to get back onto another car. Yeah. I did something similar. Not similar at all. I'm just trying to segue. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Great transition. Same guy took my, my the team I was on out to dinner one night and afterwards... Uh, he, we were all leaving and he was like, oh, do you want to share a car back to the neighborhood? Cause we live near one another. And I was like, no, I really have to go to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> 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 and then everybody was super weird about it. everybody. Like nobody, 
The thing that you do in that moment is recognize that I'm trying to get away and don't acknowledge how weird it is. Mm -hmm. If you fucking do that, you're an insane person. And guess what? They fucking were like, are you kidding me? You have to go to Barnes & Noble? I was like, everyone is blowing up my spot right now. (laughs) And they still talk about that moment when they were like, remember when you tried to get away by saying you had to go to Barnes & Noble? I did. It was closing very soon and I wanted a book. So why don't you get off my dick? Next, every interaction I've ever had with a doctor, it's just too personal, okay? It's like, uh, boundaries, sir. I'm not gonna shit into a bucket and mail it to you. Who even asks for that? Also, the moment when the doctor's like, how many drinks have you had this week? And I just have to be like, we we both know you're not getting a straight answer to this. So why don't you fuck off? Also, now the, in, the moment when they're like, do you smoke? And I'm, I have to be like, I don't know, are you a cop? <laughs> I also like, weed? Right. I think there needs to be a checkbox now. Crack? Yes. Tobacco? No. And the moment when the doctor's like, how often is that bussy getting smashed? What? <laughs> Direct quote from your doctor? That's actually a box you have to check on your form? I hate the word bussy. Yeah. Boy pussy. I got it. Thank you. Mm. Pussy. Mm-hmm. It's used to describe the anus oh. of a man. What's that? Who's getting fucked mm. anally. Um, yeah. I hate when they ask. I'm like, uh, maybe if you read my blog, you would know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's skip this. You could be doing a lot more research beforehand. But yeah, every time I've ever been to a doctor, I'm like, this is way more awkward than it has to be. Which brings me to my next point, getting waxed or any situation where a professional has to deal with your naughty bits. Absolutely not. Yeah. I just, there's nothing, there's, I I feel like I, like Helen Keller would have to be the one to do it. Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) (laughs) But you know exactly what I mean. Okay. Honestly, there was one time where I did have to have an ultrasound on my testicles. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they were investigating a situation that is not, that, that is benign. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but yeah, it was like the only reason that I was not completely fucked about it was, uh, yeah, the fact that it was like a deeply Russian woman doing it. One, and, one time I was getting, uh, a, I was getting a pap smear and the woman, whilst she was inside of me, uh, asked what I was studying in college. And I was like, I studied Jewish study. And she was like, oh, I was just reading about the Holocaust. <laughs> that was a crazy oh, time. No. And just started like asking me about my grandfather, who's a survivor. And I was like, you're in me. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I do think maybe that is more of a thing. Because, yeah, as, as a woman... You are as a person with <laughs> as uh, a person with female uh, genitals. Yeah. You go to uh, an OBGYN uh-huh. that is regularly um, excavating. Yeah, your full vaginal cave dive. Canal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and so I can see how. Uh, yeah, getting like waxed is maybe less invasive. Uh, like I would ever do that. I, I but, know, yeah. like, a lot of people who do it. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, A, how do you find that person? Because there's no, like, there's no middle ground. There's no, like, testing. <laughs> it's just like, oh, we go from zero to here's my genitals in your face. Yeah. Happy ripping. Next! When any retail employee is like, do, do you need help finding anything? 
Absolutely not. <laughs> I would rather, I mean, this is maybe like the suburban dad in me, but like I would rather wander around a grocery store until I die than uh, ask an employee for help on where to find something. <laughs> I just like hate talking to people that much that like having to ask a grocery store employee where something is. I'm also, uh, people in the family have worked for grocery stores and I know that, um, yeah, they will lead you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> If they don't like your vibe, they will send you to the wrong part. of. I've also done that to people when I worked at a department store. Because the woman asked me where exercise stuff was. And I was like, oh, she." I think she means like, you know, sometimes they sell like Bowflex machines. Sure. <laughs> and so I sent her like all the way to the other where like the appliances were. And then she came back like 20 minutes later <laughs> and was like, I meant the exercise clothes. And they were right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bitch. That's why you shouldn't have asked. Just because this name tag is here doesn't mean you know anything. And by you, I mean me. Also, the worst situation to me is when you see someone at a restaurant that you kind of know, but it's not like the beginning of your meal. And you're like, do we invite them to our table. Never, ever have I ever <laughs> done that. I've never invited someone to my table, no. I did it once because there was a girl who was eating by herself and me and my friend were like, yeah, do you want to join us? It was more the gesture guess, of like yeah. friendliness. Yeah. And then she took us up on it. Oh, no. But she was the one who, it was right after the VMAs with Miley Cyrus. Uh-huh. That big like when twerking when Miley Cyrus like twerked on Robin Thicke uh-huh. and she was like yeah did you guys see that and we were like yeah and she was like yeah my grandpa died that day oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like we got baited into like <laughs> that because her point was every like so many people have been talking about it but every time she sees it she thinks of her dead grandpa and I was like Jesus anyway and finally the moment when you're at a show and everybody starts clapping along and you don't know whether you should clap along also or if, or if you like just sit it out and wait until the clapping reaches a sort of clapping like critical mass where then it's like unacceptable not to join in. Yep. Or, or if you just like wait until it dies out before it reaches that critical mass and you're just kind of like judging it takes you out of the show. Now you're just focused on everybody clapping and it's like what have I gotten into some sort of the mid of a clapping inferno that is consuming me from the outside in and then we die <laughs> <laughs> and on that note that is all my social interactions most of which were just awkward moments that I've invented and less socially awkward moments I want to be clear that I recognize <laughs> how weird this deep dive was but that's it next we have Jacqueline Novak in the dude after this commercial break Today's episode is brought to you by Fleur. I recently had the privilege, nay, the honor to curate my very own Unhappy Hour Fleur sample set. So I sat down in front of all of Fleur's amazing fragrances and I picked the three that I love the most. Today I'm talking about Moab. Moab smells like what I imagine a hot cowboy smells like after just a long day of wrangling horses in the desert without a shirt on, just baking in the sun. 
And I know you're like, oh, a hot, sweaty cowboy? That can't smell good. No, it smells amazing. I bet it smells so good. A really, really good. And if you're a longtime Unhappy Hour listener, then you know that Fleur makes a great-smelling, non-toxic perfumes. And unlike other fragrance companies, they're transparent and they tell you every ingredient in their perfume and why it's there. With Fleur, you get a good scent made with clean ingredients. And the sample process is easy and just plain fun, okay? Because guess what? My sample pack is available online. You could go, you could get the Unhappy Hour sample pack, and it comes with three of my favorite scents to try. You can go to Fleur.com slash unhappy today to check out my curated sample set and get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. That's P-H-L-U-R dot com slash unhappy. Now you can smell like how you've always imagined I smell. Our guest complainer today is comedian, writer, performer Jacqueline Novak. She has been on Comedy Central, The Tonight Show. She wrote a book, How Do We Been Public, comedy album also a few years ago. Now she's off Broadway at the Cherry Lane Theater with her one woman show, Get On Your Knees, which just got extended. Yes. So congratulations Thank and you. welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you. It will be also now go- going on at the Lucille Lortel through the 21st of September. So it is extended. Yeah, it's really exciting. I uh, have yet to say, I'll be, I'm seeing it on Saturday. Oh, great. So I'll be, you can look for my, my shining face. I will. I will. <laughs> I do but a lot of looking around. Every review that I've, I've seen has been glowing. Ugh, so congrats. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, well, we'll get to all of, all of the show stuff, but we usually start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate yes. that everybody else loves? I, the first thing that came to mind was, and I've slightly come around on them, so, you know, but but there was a long, long period of time where I didn't like, growing up, brownies, okay? Just straight up brownies. The Girl Scouts? Like, no. Girl Scout competitors? Little girls trying to... Yeah, no, I no, was a I brownie. Um, <laughs> Actual brownies. Classic chocolate brownies. What I always felt, I, I always felt a pressure because whenever someone made brownies, there was this kind of I made brownies, <laughs> <laughs> you know, presentation, and yeah. you better be excited and you better be thankful. Um, and they just weren't. A lot of people would have them brought in. I feel like for the birthday, it was yeah. to me. And I love chocolate, so it's interesting. I think for me, chocolate in a cakey kind of form, even a chocolate donut, like a cakey chocolate donut uh-huh that is a lot of people's favorite thing yeah not mine <laughs> I, 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 i'm fascinated by it because i love i love to eat i love chocolate yeah were you was there like a dessert of your childhood that that was like the the thing that Preferred. you were excited yeah yeah i mean if if i had to bring in a sheet pan uh, you know a sheet kind of thing the equivalent of a brownies like for birthdays in school yeah i would always opt for Rice Krispie treats instead. Right, another classic. To me, there's a lightness there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yet the mouth the mouth and the whole kind of nasal passages, all of it, it it fills with this that delicious right. marshmallowy kind of mm. you know what's amazing about marshmallows? You can smell you can smell them outside of the bag in the aisle. Right. Where they are. Yeah. They do it which exude is, a smell. Which is pretty incredible. Yeah. You know it might be even worse though, I just realized. Blondies. 
That is, I was going to bring that up too. Because what even is a blondie? A blondie is like a chocolate chip brownie. Is that it? Mm, It's like a, it's like a pale brownie. I had one profound experience with with, with a sheet of brownies that was, it was like a Betty Crocker box like thing. And it was, it was unbelievable. So, so I have seen the other side. Right. But what yeah. was it about that that like transformed you? I must have been very hungry. One thing I really enjoy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> it will. Yeah. One thing I really enjoy is actually is eating dessert um, uh-huh. before a meal, kind of like oh. on the way to a meal if starving. Right. Um, there's something about it. if Because I'm going to eat. I can't save room for dessert. Okay. Oh, sure. Anyway, I love savory <laughs> foods. Right. I love, you know, so I'm not, I'm never really going to savor. I'd rather, I'm going to fill myself to capacity on the foods of the, of the dinner itself. Right, right. Right. So then to me, dessert is always truly added on top of me already being like feeling sick. Yeah. So I can't really enjoy it. It's like dessert is only for the mouth. Like, I can only enjoy it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Like, it can't, like, if it, as it heads to the throat and, like, right. the inevitable... It becomes unpleasant. You have to swallow it, but it's, un- <laughs> it's unpleasant. <laughs> um, I Going back, we, we started with uh, one thing you hate that everybody loves, yeah. but beforehand we were saying, someone just flipped the question on me, what is one thing you love that everybody else hates? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have yeah, wait, a, an answer to that. that. What does everyone else hate? Mine, I was thinking, yeah. I think mine might be karaoke. A lot of people yes. hate karaoke, yes. and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I've I have like embraced great. it. Also, yeah. like, the classic karaoke songs that people hate on, like, those yeah. are the best. Oh, absolutely. What Don't Stop Believing. Yes. Yeah, it is a heterosexual yeah. anthem, but... <laughs> I'll what still else? sing it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I remember uh, I went to a karaoke bar in Williamsburg, and um, these two gay guys got up and sang "Sweet Caroline." Yeah, yeah. And I tweeted like, th- "They like this is why it took us so long to yes. get rights." Yes. Uh, and so then funny. one of the gay guys found my tweet no. while we were still in the bar. <laughs> oh my god! And responded, yeah. and I was like, "This is why I should never tweet it's, uh, yeah, or be in a public karaoke bar." Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's funny, like, the things that are the, what is everyone, what do I love that everyone else, or, yeah, um, hates, and it's like, I do feel like the internet has made a lot of those things feel a lot less lonely. Like, I remember right. um, um, Paul F. Tompkins once tweeted something, like, negative about Grease 2, uh-huh. and, like, I love Grease 2, um, <laughs> maybe that's an example. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good one. But I'm not alone, truly, because right. I remember it was like, all these other people, including me, responded, like, you know, like you need to take another look at the film. <laughs> like it I, pr- I prefer though. it to Greece. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is that is a controversial opinion. Yeah. 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 I don't even remember. Are there same act? Is it still like John Travolta? Or is it no. one of those where it's just like completely separate? It's, it's um the only one who crosses over is uh the beauty school dropout. What, what what's the Frenchie? Uh huh. She she isn't. She is like the only crossover character. Yeah, and it's um, San- it's the idea is that Sandy's cousin Michael Carrington, <laughs> who comes to town to, to to be at the high school. Yeah, um, San uh, Frenchie like shows him around, kind of like you know similar yeah. to Sandy, and then he's the the new nerd kind of like a Sandy. Right, and then um, and then the cool one that they follow is Michelle Pfeiffer, Stephanie Zanoni. Right, and. It rules. Okay. It is <laughs> sensational. I could listen to Grease too. I mean, 
It's 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 funny. Um, it's got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. So they are entirely different characters. It's not yeah, like a different for, except for Frenchie. Right. Right. Same high school though. Yeah. Uh, I do hate uh, when they remake or or they have a sequel and there's just entirely different actors playing yeah. the same characters. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's like That's just a don't. Weird. Yeah. Like they made Home Alone like seven times. And now they're going to make another one. Really? And at some point, they, like, swapped out Macaulay Culkin for some other kid that they still called Kevin. Oh, you mean, like, it was, like, like, like sequels upon sequels kind yeah, of Yeah, there was, like, a Home Alone yeah. 3 yeah. and a Home Alone 4. And they swapped out. How old was, I mean, that character even supposed to be anymore? Um, yeah, at that point, yeah. it was just, like, a teenage kid masturbating yeah. <laughs> while his parents were yeah, away. Yeah. He was waiting for no, them to leave. No robbers. <laughs> Did they have uh, those same cr- crooks come back? I feel like they might have. Definitely for one and two. I yeah. mean, for the second one. Like, but like, I feel like, like there we're was gonna a three. Get them this time kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they escaped so from funny. jail like a third time. Right, I don't know. right. It was uh, yeah. I I don't. There might he might have been like a different boy. Yeah, like they might have called him something different. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's the same. We get it. It's the same story. I do want to ask about your show. Mm-hmm. So how how many weeks have you been doing it at, at this point? Um, let's see. You'd think I'd know. I'm on like the third or fourth week or something. I truly don't know. When did yeah. I start? <laughs> um, July twenty. I'm, I'm looking. Is that really weird? Do I mean, mind? it doesn't. But we don't have to be super specific. I know, but now I have to know. But okay, I'm really sorry. <laughs> okay, seven ten. I started on seven ten previews. Right. And then that's what it was. And then it opened on the twenty something. Yeah. And then. Now we're in August, so it's been a couple weeks. How do you describe it? Give give me the right. elevator pitch. Well, I mean, I essentially had to write the kind of corny, like press release lang- language, which is yeah. was a weird thing because it's literally not the language I, I would want to use to describe it. But it's like, what's the most broad, whatever. So I think right. that was something like the most highbrow show about blowjobs you'll ever see. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's a great elevator pitch. Um, yeah, yeah. And and then um other than that, it's generally in the in the form of stand up, but it kind of tips over into uh kind of you know, has more narrative and, right. and then but 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 not even really. It's very yeah, now I've really lost the thread. Um No, I mean I feel like that that kind of gray area yeah. is definitely more present in in comedy and it feels that way yeah i don't know at what point it was like oh maybe as a stand-up you should be telling like an overall story yeah or at least have a theme or something yeah i think it's i think it's um part of just stand-up moving over a little bit at least or or being or or i guess just as there's more ways to take in stand-up besides hours and clubs right? right you know or short sets i think I guess I guess the club model kind of kept things going on this um, uh, building, you know, minutes at a time, right? Like, oh, yeah. I've got another five minutes, another ten minutes, and so then, okay, here's I have a new hour, so I'm gonna go back to this comedy club that I was at previously, right? However long ago, and yes, all the materials new, sort of like this process of the new material replacing the old at a certain rate. Right. Well, so would you say with this show, like when you first did it, how much material was was just like brand new the first time you were you were debuting the hour? In the case of this show, it it was I sort of put it together 
from knowing the narrative basically that I wanted to tell and then a bunch of material that was related and sort of bringing those two things together. And then I think, but, you know, but I had worked on the, let's say I'd worked on, you know, 20 minutes of the material while opening for some other acts, right? Right, right. And then, okay, it's time to, I'm going to go to the Fringe Festival, so I need to work on it, you know, I need to practice kind of putting the whole thing. And so I put that up, you know, I did it, I did even a, shows at people's apartments and things and or just at union hall i just put yeah. it up so it was kind of like a lot of it was on the page me working it out mm-hmm. um and structuring it on the page and then just trying to get it on its feet yeah but then i've worked in jokes that are as just sort of ideas of mine that fit right um because it's kind of like in a way this this show is kind of just me taking like my big swing so it's kind of like Here's everything I got. I mean, not yeah. not in terms of here's all the jokes I got, but like here, like if my if my old idea about virginity like makes sense here right. in this narrative, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, it's not yeah. this. I'm not doing a club model of like you heard my virginity joke before, so this year I've added. It's like no, we're we're making we're making something here. Right, and if that tune belongs in this, then it's gonna be in it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the the kind of the through line through through the show is is blowjobs. Yes. <laughs> um, which yeah, I mean it, it does feel like obviously sex is like you know it's it's stand up kind of yeah. bread and butter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the fact that you're able to kind of like build a an actual narrative around it. Yeah. I feel like is amazing yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's it's um kind of something i always wanted to do in some form just because i was always aware of the way that my thinking around it kind of evolved from first hearing about like you know the idea of a blowjob yeah and the expectations and kind of remembering my thought process around it so it's a nice um thing to trace through kind of my coming of age kind of um and it's always fun to talk about something that you know, people are weird about, and then right. Um, <laughs> well, that's what yeah. I was going to ask too. It's like I, because I think I have my own version of this, which is yeah, the the almost the more weirded out that people are, yeah. the more like armor I feel like I have. Yeah. How like personal do you do you feel like you're willing to get, or like are there things that you won't touch on stage about yourself? Um. Yeah, but not in a not in a sort of category way right like it's not yeah. like I, it's not like oh i know this part and this part i don't it's more just a felt you know yeah kind of thing you know what sort of interests me or what um or really the way the subject matter is treated is another um thing you know because so, someone was asking me some kind of question like in an interview about um like something very literal about like well to really give me your your real oral sex like like preferences or something you know and it was sort of this and and I was like I'd rather not answer that question and it was funny because it was like like I was so um you know I was like the shocked uh interviewee meanwhile you know they've just seen my show about blowjobs and so it was like it it almost seemed I think it sort of took them by surprise but I was like but my show even though I am literal at, at times throughout it and telling literal stories there's a it's very it's very much treated as an idea that I'm exploring, right? Yeah. And so it's just there's something very different about that than, you know, in a way the the line there is almost like it's really about the way the subject matter is being treated almost more than the, the subject, subject. Yeah. itself. Um, yeah. 
Now it is interesting to see yeah. people like deal with how do you how do you talk to a comedian about stuff that yeah. they've talked about in their their material yeah. that is personal or yeah. like you know raunchy or whatever. Yeah. Because, yeah, I've definitely dealt with people who I'm like, okay, well, you have no idea who I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually. Yeah. You have listened to me for, you know, an hour yeah. or whatever. Totally. And, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know if you've gotten that of people being, like, way too open or way too right. uh, prying. Well, the assumption, yeah, it's almost the, um, it's like... I said exactly what I want to say, right? Yeah, that was my that matter. was my press conference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's sort of no follow ups. Yeah, it's like the things you're wondering, like the, you know that I that I didn't say, I probably didn't say for a reason, you yeah. know, um, on some level. And also, there's something about if you you know you work to edit and carve out something, right? And then you know it's like it's like it's like. Uh, I mean, it's made of words, right? And, you know, performance and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, you know, if you carved out the thing, your sculpture, and you put that out there for the world to see, and then, like, in the interview, it's like, okay, can we see all the, like, discarded rock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you it's can. like, no. yeah, and it's sort of like, I'm, I mean, yeah, but then are we just putting it back? Are we just undoing the carving kind of? Right, right. I don't know. It's yeah. like, and if you're, if talking is the thing that your art is made of, and then you're going and doing more talking. Right. It's not like, you know, dancing and then you're being interviewed about dancing. Right, right. It's well, talking about talking, which is, yeah. oh God. That's what I like about the format yeah. is that it's more like, okay, this is the this is a show. This is yeah. a complete thing. Yes. And like, here it is. Yeah, totally. Uh, and it's less a ongoing thing. Yeah, even having a title of the show right. is nice because it makes it into an object kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, that there is a separation between you and it versus right. maybe like your material, so to speak, that you right. do in a club. And I, I don't know, it's just a different feeling. Yeah. I do want to uh, transition to a game we call Elaborate. Um, these are things that you've said you've hated on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I just want you to elaborate brilliant. on them. <laughs> See, this is, a, I, this is what I should have done to come up with my uh, answer. Yeah, you have a, you have a lot of them. Uh, one one of which uh, I... <laughs> One of which I think is my favorite. This is yes. from 2012. Yes, this is yes. a, this is a deep cut. This is so funny. Um, I've said it once and I'll say it again because it was on MySpace. I hate orbs. Oh yes. You know those bullshit balls of light take a form, spirits. Okay, that's so funny because orbs are fully in my show again. In this show, they're they're a key <laughs> factor in my show. Amazing. And I, I and I, I've cha- I guess I've changed. I mean, I I are you pro orb now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I in my show I kind of defend orbs or I I show I, I have a s- sense of like um no right here, no you know what it is though in my show I I defend like the possibility that they are um you know evidence of like a spirit versus sure. like, of course the particle of dust and light pa- passing through it blah blah, right. blah 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 um like kind of like how joyless that is <laughs> um you know to have those explanations so yeah right. but i but i i felt frustrated by orbs back in the day and kind of just like you know you're looking you want you want a good ghost photo right and it's nothing but orbs yeah, yeah that I is do. a classic. I'm really, I've been wrestling with the question of warps for a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have. You really have. Because, oh yeah, there was another one in 2018. <laughs> still try, or trying to build up that spirit while still in human body. Yes. So when I die, I'm a full opaque ghost. That's, Not a that's in my orb. show too. This is so interesting. <laughs> no, because I have no recollection of tweeting that, but 
Yeah, that's another theme in the show is my desire to be a robust ghost. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll have to hear. I'll yeah. have to hear the whole bit. Yeah. Um, one is uh, two separate January 2018s. Oh, no. You've expressed your hatred of the first day of the year. Uh, Hilarious. And the first page of a new new yes. journal. Uh, I yes. guess you just really hate that. Oh God, yeah. Um, the pressure, uh, and 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 not just the pressure of. Um, I don't enjoy being part of other people's schedule. Like feel like there's enough pressure alone on your own ideas of your own schedule. Yeah. And then the idea that everybody is, you know, signing up for the gym membership and, mm-hmm. and everyone's like going for it. Yeah. You know, I I didn't like that feeling in school taking a test while other people are taking the test. Like I'd much <laughs> much rather do a makeup test, you know, like uh, just like looking around and feeling them, like hearing the first time you hear someone turn a page, uh-huh. knowing that they're they've moved on to the second page of the test, right? And it's like, oh wow, they're already on the second page when I'm on like three. I don't know. So <laughs> I was probably the feeling. asshole who was like, I need to get to the bottom first, yeah. so that I can like impose flip. the dominance of the yeah. flip. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. But that's all I had uh, growing um, up. So yeah, uh, the, here's I yeah. hate when drunk men engage with the proper funny hat. <laughs> Okay, this is yeah, this is huge. Um I'm going to this is I should just build these all out into um, yeah. to hours. Uh Yeah. Yeah, cuz I'm do I say more than that? Uh I have right? the courage to pursue the theater or get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> yes, ex- exactly. Um there's like that and and SantaCon has that a little bit yeah. that spirit. But you know like a guy at a party, it's like he's so drunk that he's like taken and to me, it's it's like I'm picturing straight men. I mean, just to just to. I think that's accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to be. Just Gay to be men clear. don't need props. No, no, no. <laughs> we like, are a prop. Yeah, <laughs> and like there's a kind of like a straight sort of <laughs> the guy, like the bro, sort of through his drunkenness, feeling up to like having the courage to throw some weird hat on or something. Right, right. And it's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's playing up the performance of yeah, it without having to actually like be that. Yeah. Uh, hate a slick minimalist coffee shop. We're trying mm. to write in here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I laughed so loud. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm literally hilarious. It turns out. Okay. These, uh, you are. These hearing these tweets has really boosted my. Um, that is so funny. It's so true. I mean. Yeah, it's true. I do love that your reaction to these two. There's soulful in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need soulfulness. Is that what it is? It's that the yeah, atmosphere is... Yeah, they're all slick. Is... Maybe if I'm creating a startup or an app, they would make sense. That's but true. <laughs> the assumption that we're all trying to write, first of all. They're all trying to write <laughs> <laughs> textured fiction or something. Wait, what else is anybody doing in a coffee... Yeah. Sitting in a coffee yeah. shop? I mean, that's what they're for. And right. so let's get some atmosphere. Yeah. Now I just want to read the last one because we were, we're into it. Yeah. Um, when researching supplements, it's the worst when the article oh, says... Oh, I know what it's going to say. It's better if you get it from a rich and varied diet. <laughs> I should have made you guess. I know, I no, no, right, right. Because I similarly also hate... Um, yeah, I'm so... It's, I'm I'm literally here because I want to supplement what I do eat <laughs> with <laughs> the nutrients direct. Yeah. And you're telling me rich and varied diet. like, And similar to me to anything, I hate when they when you look up a remedy and they put in the list of the remedy preventative measures 
I mean, it would literally be like, you know, like hangover cure. And right. it's like, it's like, don't drink. don't drink so much next time. It's like, wow, guys. <laughs> it's like, how dare you call that number 10 on a list of like 10 ways to cure a hangover? Yeah. Like I'm here because bad choices were yeah. made and they will be made again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really amused by my complaints. Yeah, I think you, you should really, uh, you should really build on those. I think there's something there. Oh my god! Well, thank you so much. Before That's we let fun. you go, uh, yeah. where can people find you and your work? So they can get tickets to my show at getonyourkneesshow.com. That's yes. the first most important link. My name, Jacqueline Novak, is me on Twitter, and on Instagram, they can follow me at j a c n o v. It's a short. Uh, early adopter yeah. handle you that got I did in there. just when I was testing out apps. Right, right. And, and now you're stuck with it. J-A-C-N-O-V. <laughs> um, but it's it's okay. You know, I'm Jack Nov on there. Yeah, I love it. Simple, minimal. And that's really it. Jokesnovak.com, but that's kind of a ghost town. That's like, you know, yeah. you, know you know how it is. Right. Oh, yeah. It's hard to keep those sites up. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easy. Starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you've been watching? So I've already seen Mad Men, but Alex, my my boyfriend, uh, hasn't Ugh. seen it. So we've been rewatching Mad Men, and we've been going through like two to three episodes a night. We are zipping amateurs. Through. But you know what? It's I like forgot how good it is. Yeah. Like God. I fucking love Peggy. I just, I just love it. I also forgot how much Don sucks. <laughs> yeah, like he's I, a horrible I, person. Yeah, he really is. I, I just, I kind of didn't remember. But the other thing that I hadn't seen that I finally watched on an airplane this week was Eighth Grade. What is Eighth Grade? The movie. The Bo Burnham movie that you loved. Oh, yeah. It's been so long <laughs> since it came out, but I finally watched it and I yeah, loved it. So yeah. uh, those are the things I'm watching. I remember, uh, yeah, I saw Eighth Grade. Um, it's just like such an accurate portrayal of what it's like to be an eighth grade I that it made me viscerally uncomfortable. want my kids to have smartphones ever, 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 ever. <laughs> also I hope true, they're all yeah. banned. I just love the so like scary. music that plays when her crush I walks know. in. It's so good. It reminded me of Pen15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What about you? What are you watching? I have been binging High Maintenance. Yes. I started it uh, at last episode I talked about mm-hmm. watching the pilot. I went back, watched the web series, and now I'm almost finished. Aren't you glad you watched the web series? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's way uh it's way more like real and sometimes sad than I thought it was gonna be. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It yeah. But it's just like beautiful yeah. little vignettes. Right. Yeah. It's like the most uh I know that there's like a thousand things you could say this about, but like I, I do think it captures living in New York. Oh, in a way that no other show has. Right. Also they're actually filming around the street right now yeah 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 i do think like i always you always think of like that's weird what if this story like that i'm watching just like hey that pedestrian that walked past what if suddenly we followed that person Mm -hmm. and that's like high maintenance yeah not quite but you know Mm -hmm. in that realm but also so many people who have been on unhappy hour yeah are in it Catherine cohen Catherine cohen a notable Catherine Cohen's boob. <laughs> Joe Firestone, who uh, is everyone's favorite oh, yeah. happy hour guest. William Jackson Harper. Bowen Yang. John Early. 
Caper Land. Uh, I just got to the Margaret Show episode, who has yet to be an unhappy hour guest. Anyway, high maintenance, highly recommend it. Um, also, the guy gets like pretty high in the third season. Yeah, no, he he like talked about that uh, about how he like was very excited to get ripped for the third season because <laughs> he went through a very real life divorce. Oh, uh, so that's right. all. Which is all and they in the show. still make they make that show together. <laughs> Well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so fun. Anyway, so that's what I've been watching. What is your non-TV chaser? Oh, baby, I went horseback riding. <laughs> uh, Great. Yeah, I was in Colorado, and I used to... I, I think I used to... I wasn't a full-on horse girl when I was little, but I definitely <laughs> loved them, and I definitely went horseback riding every summer at my camp. You do seem like a horse-adjacent girl. Yeah, I would. I'm comfortable with that box to... To put me just right on the edge of that one. Speaking of boxes, how's your box after riding horses? Oh, my box is, uh, it was okay, actually. Good. It was not great after white water rafting. That, turns out, really fucks your back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, horseback riding was okay. It was mm-hmm. super fun. I really loved it. One of the cowboys was a real asshole, though. <laughs> he kept being like, kept being like, don't steer. These horses know the path better than you do. And then we'd like not steer. And then the horse would like basically go into a tree. And he was like, what are you doing? You got to steer the horse to where you want to go. And we're like, please stop yelling at us. You have to follow instructions. It's very unclear. He also talked to me a lot about his back problems. Um, unprompted, mind you. Mm-hmm. But uh, did not want to hear about mine. Good. Yeah. What about you? What's your chase of this week? I have been trying to get back. I, I, I feel like I read books in like shifts. Oh, look at you! You read books. <laughs> look at you, Mister Fancy Pants. I read books in like shifts, and I've been uh, because at the beginning of this year, I read. <laughs> I read this, it was like a super boring book that I should have just stopped reading, but I like forced myself to finish it. And then, I don't know, I just like lost the appeal of reading. I feel like my advice to anybody who wants to like get it, if you were into reading when you were younger or whatever, you want to get back into it is read, go back and read something that you really like. Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah, even if it's, you know, Harry Potter. (laughs) Go back, read it, and getting back in the habit. Right, it gets you excited about reading. But I've been rereading Game of Thrones, and it's just so long. <laughs> but I'm like now I'm far enough in it where I'm like I have to finish. Yeah. But I want to get through it because w- while I haven't been reading as much, that has has no relation to the amount of books that I purchase. Of course, no, 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 They're completely separate. <laughs> Every time you're at my apartment, you might notice that the pile of books in the corner grows. You need more shelves (laughs) there's something about like a pile of books that doesn't bother me okay (laughs) okay the judgment (laughs) i feel it um but yeah there are so many books that i like am excited to read and i can't get to them until i i can only read one thing at a time so uh, i want to get to these books okay i'm trying to finish game of thrones so um reading is my chaser but uh at the moment it is painstaking but we'll get through this together you will We will. And that's it. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. 
Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Han Su. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Stop the track. Let me stay facts. I told you give me a minute and I'll be right back. You know what I realized just now, today? What? Is that it's Brussels sprouts, not Brussels Shut sprouts. your damn mouth. No. <laughs> because of Brussels. No. Germany. No. Is that Germany? I don't know. Denmark. No. Belgium. <laughs> <laughs>